0: And you thought your honeymoon was bad? This is Rashomon. Hey Jackie, hey Greg.
1: Welcome to Scene and Heard.
0: Hey! This is
1: it. This is your one-stop <laughs> shop for all things cinema
0: all things sight and sound.
1: Honestly, we are kind of a one-stop shop for all things cinema now that we're doing our S'mores series, Mm -hmm. which is our bonus series uh, for patrons and subscribers. Um... We do it once a month, and we opened up the genre gates. So we're Mm -hmm. doing, last month we did uh, John Waters' film Pink Flamingos, which is now your number one favorite movie of all time, I know. Totally. And then this month we're doing the poll. uh, We just had a poll about it on Patreon, and it is Gaspar Noé's love. The people
0: have spoken. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I feel like introducing Mm -hmm. that uh, s'more series really opens up uh, the seen and heard ouvre. You're right,
0: because we have the sight and sound list which is our main our main thing you know
1: Yep. and then we That's have our, our bread and p- butter
0: yeah we have our personal prints which are just movies that we think should be on the list or just our personal greatest ever of all time movies and then we have the S'more series which is raunchier
1: yeah well it's like, so far Yeah, it's yes. kind of
0: hard to describe it's camp i'm just gonna yeah, call it camp. camp
1: yeah which is why we've run with that camping theme so hard with it <laughs> but you know what i'm having a good time with the camping I like theme it. i love camp yeah <laughs> uh so yeah if you haven't if you're not part of our s'mores team or camp team? camp seen and heard camp, camp scene seen and heard,
0: heard. I, if you're not a camper
1: yeah a camper. <laughs> go check us out on patreon the link is in the show notes we'd love to have you over there it's more than just a bonus episode too because we have we have monthly zoom hangouts we have some merch we have discounts on merch we have polls so Mm -hmm. people can vote on the s'mores episodes Mm -hmm. each month Mm -hmm. so yeah check it out discussion boards but today we are gathered here on this very actually rainy day (laughs) in southern california that's great to discuss akira kurosawa's
0: so this movie is number 26 on the 2012 list and number 40 on the 2022
1: list wow it's kind of sad
0: that it fell
1: yeah kind of see this big push of like pushing out these these, yeah these old movies textbook films landmark but this is a
0: great i don't know i don't think i don't know
1: anyway before we get into rashomon jackie what have you been watching lately this last week
0: I watched, well, for those of you who don't know, this is the birth month of um, our first lady of cinema, Isabelle Huppert. And so (laughs) there is a criterion. um, Oh, feature? Something on the channel. Basically, they curated the showcase. Yeah, of all her movies. I watched one called Lulu, which I had never seen. It's with uh, Gerard Depardieu. And it is this really fun. It's by um, Maurice Pialet, who is like kind of people call him like the French John Cassavetes and it totally shows in this movie. I've seen only one of their movie of his, Um, but it's just super fluid and natural, but also like heightened a little bit because they're just like everyone's crazy, but like a Cassavetes movie. Um, But it's really cool. It's a really fun, like anti-bourgeois, very loose kind of movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I saw Blue Velvet for the first time. First time? Is this like your favorite movie of all time? The whole time I was watching it, I'm like, this is Greg's favorite movie. My
1: favorite movie is Midnight Cowboy. No, um, but it's a very, very, very special like building block in my uh my life. Yes. I really liked it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Good, good. Cause yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it eventually because it's on the list.
0: Yeah. And then I watched um I had kind of a Emma Thompson period piece double feature i watched angley sense and sensibility which is a great movie i love it um and then i watched howard's end which i'd never seen before oh my god it's great right it's so
1: lush and literary i
0: know after it literally i've had so i've i bought i was with you i was with you and our friend aaron and i bought um lady chatterley's lover the book that's right by dh lawrence i You're haven't like, read this it book yet is
1: so saucy I, it is so <laughs> saucy
0: i haven't read it yet i hadn't read it yet but then after howard's end finished and after like i was just like i don't want to leave this world i'm gonna read this book so i just started reading it uh because of this emma thompson double feature although sens- sensibility takes place like a hundred years before howard's end but um yeah that was my british period Binge. And then yesterday I did see Return to Soul. So this movie is by a filmmaker named Davy Chow. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um completely engrossing and tender and complicated story about identity. And I freaking loved it. It's incredible. Go see. It was only playing at AMC like a very limited run. I don't think it's there anymore. So I was like, I literally, I think I saw it on the last day. I was just like i gotta see this
1: i think it's playing at other more respectable theaters
0: probably it is incredible i want to revise my list of the best movies last year to add it on it because i loved it Mm,
1: what would you bump off in its place oh do i have to bump something
0: off (laughs) do i have to you have to okay i'm gonna be really bold and you're gonna get mad at me just do it i really liked I loved Banshees of Inisherin.
1: You're bumping Banshees. I'm
0: bumping Banshees. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: It's my in favorite. Fact, That's my number one.
0: In fact, I think I liked this even more than like Triangle of Sadness. Like wow. I loved Triangle of Sadness, but like this movie was like. There's a difference for me. It's so I don't want to be biased in terms of like comedy and drama, and I like to believe I'm not. But at the end of the day. I will probably choose a drama over a comedy. Like,
1: well, I'm wondering too if you would bump. Wouldn't you just slot this in whatever number it's going to be, and then bump your number ten slot?
0: That's true. I would probably, but like, I <laughs> like, I was thinking about the top. Wasn't like, Banshees know,
1: like your number three or something?
0: I think I said Triangle was number three.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's, that's high ever, to bump.
0: I wouldn't bump. I just I want this to be in my top three, essentially.
1: Right. Cool. So
0: i'm just i mean like that shit i do mean what you just said got it, I, got i'm it. not saying i would take off bench. oh okay
1: okay i thought you were gonna take off banshee no
0: okay. no i'm just saying i would shift got it incredible movie um yeah yeah i want to see it what have you been watching
1: this was a bad week for me jackie i watched a lot of i and uh, <laughs> i want to save everyone a complete rant here I'll start with the best which was still not great. A film called Dream Child from 1985 which is based on the woman who inspired Lewis Carroll for Alice in Wonderland. Wow. And it's based on the true story of her coming to America in the 1930s and like realizing she's this like hit, like everyone all the papers want to interview her and stuff. But she's also and it's it's fascinating on paper because the film she's like in her 80s. And she's recalling her time with Lewis Carroll, who's Professor Dodgson. Lewis Carroll was like his pen name. So she's recalling her childhood with him because he was wasn't just some he guy. Kind of creepy. And he was like obsessed with her. Yeah. And there's like there's some pedophilia that's like hinted I've to heard of this. And um, so it's her realizing at in her 80s of like, wait a second, like this relationship I had with them, like I've blocked it out for a reason. And the the Jim Henson company does these cool animatronics and puppets for it. So they have her as an 80-year-old going into like iconic scenes from Alice in Wonderland with these like really cool Jim Henson.
0: Wait, this is puppets. a documentary?
1: No, it's a film, it's a narrative film. Oh. Um, based on you know, true life. But uh it was unfortunately uh not great dramatically actually. It's better on I think it's better uh on paper than as a film. I think the director Just kind of felt inexperienced. But Lewis Carroll is played by the late, great Ian Holm. So that was cool. But then, like, Peter Gallagher was in it. It's, like, this, like, (laughs) he's really young in it. Yeah. And he's, like, this sleazy reporter who, like, falls in love with, like, Alice's, like, servant, Oh. And it's just a little much. Um, But that was the best. And then I saw All Quiet on the Western Front, the new Best Picture nominee, which was, I don't want to say, like, abysmal, but... I think in this day and age if you're going to make a World War 1, World War 2, Vietnam war story, you have to bring something new to the table. It's mm-hmm. unacceptable to just like make another one. Mm-hmm. And in fact in recent years 1917 I thought was like an abomination. I think that was a video game and it's clear that the people who made it were getting off on the technical stuff and this yeah, like making it shot. look like one shot that it is an insult actually to the war and the mem- you know memories of people who died in the war of like making it like this video game. I didn't quite feel that way with All Quiet in the Western Front, but still it brought absolutely nothing new I to the genre high. and it just felt really digital. Like, and the score, they went all in on this like score. I'm not sure who the composer is, but it sounds like wannabe um, Hans Zimmer doing Christopher Nolan, like burr, and it just like was so dumb and again you can you can still feel them getting off on like the explosions and the tracking shots through the trenches and uh it's just um yeah not good and i think in a day and age where that's nominated for best picture we have done something very very wrong to get to where we are now and then the worst film the most abysmal film i saw this week we did for the film club it's tom jones (laughs) the tony richardson film it's albert finney's big break from 1963 i believe which It was just absolute dumpster fire trash. Like, And it's funny because in the film club, it was one of our most interesting conversations because one person, who I'll not mention on this podcast.
0: Well, I follow him on (laughs) Letterboxd.
1: You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't care if I told people because it was a, you know, but it was this great. One person loved the movie and thought it was a near masterpiece. Everyone else. was like, this is a dumpster fire. And it was, the conversation went on longer than normal just because each side was trying to see the other side's point wow, of view. Wow, that sounds interesting. It was a terrible, terrible fucking movie. Terrible, terrible. It's like, <laughs> it's like Barry Lyndon. Light. Someone on Letterboxd, not me, I can't take credit for this, described it as Barry Lyndon. But if you if you paused Barry Lyndon every few minutes and put in like a Benny Hill routine, which is exactly what it feels like. It's a complete mess of a film, a waste wow. of my time. And the only way I could get through the movie, and again, I never, ever do this, is I went on my phone because I literally could not sit there any longer and just like subject myself to this movie. Wow. It's terrible. Anyway, and it's Best Picture winner. It won Best Picture. Shut up. At the 1964 really? Academy yeah. Awards. Yeah.
0: Wow! See, but that's what I mean. It's like maybe they've always been like this, and we just haven't realized it. Ugh. But now we are.
1: It's still better than Crash.
0: Yeah, Crash, <laughs> another example.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's <laughs> let's get into this week's film. This is the big one. We're pulling out all the guns this week. Not really, but uh, from 1950, this is Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon.
0: Rashomon was released in 1950. It was directed by Akira Kurosawa, co-written by Kurosawa and Shinobu Hashimoto, based on two short stories by Renosuke Akutagawa, The Grove, and Rashomon. Cinematography by Kazuo Miyagawa and music by Fumino Hayasaka. At the crumbling Rashomon Gate, a woodcutter and a priest recount to a commoner the traumatic stories they just heard at a trial for the murder of a samurai and the rape of his bride. A bandit, Tajumaru, was arrested for the crime. At the trial, he admits to tying the samurai to a tree and raping the bride. The bride pleads for the bandit to duel her husband, for she can't bear to have two men alive who know how dishonorable she is. The bandit defeats the samurai honorably, but the bride runs away. The bride then testifies that after the rape, the bandit left immediately. She sets her husband free and begs him to kill her, but he only stares at her with disgust and loathing, and she can't bear it. She becomes hysterical, claiming she fainted while holding her dagger and woke up to find her husband dead. Then a medium communicates the dead samurai's side of the story. He claims that his new bride longed to go with the bandit and asked the bandit to kill her husband for her. The bandit is so disgusted that he releases the samurai and offers to kill the bride, but she gets away. The samurai claims he killed himself using the bride's dagger shortly after. Finally, the woodcutter admits that he saw the whole thing happen. After the rape, the samurai and the bandit fought a pathetic duel because the bride called each of them cowards. The commoner deduces that the real reason the woodcutter did not speak up is that he stole the valuable dagger in the aftermath of the incident. Back in the present... The priest, the commoner, and the woodcutter find an abandoned infant. The woodcutter offers to take the child home and raise it, which then restores the priest's faith in humanity. The film stars Takashi Shimura as the woodcutter, Minoru Chiaki as the priest, Toshiro Mifune as Tajumaru the bandit, Machiko Kyo as the samurai's wife, and Masayuki Mori as the samurai. The cast asked Kurosawa to reveal the truth about the incident, but he repeatedly refused. In addition, the film is credited with being the first time a camera is pointed to the sun. Uh, The Rashomon Gate was a real structure in Kyoto. However, it fell to ruin in the 12th century and actually became a place for these kind of rejects of society. Thieves would hang out there. People actually abandoned babies and bodies there. So... It kind of makes sense when he says do you remember when the commoner says like oh there's a body up there probably yeah like i didn't know any of that yeah yeah um and it's a really cool symbol for this like fall of humanity really
1: and there's not so there's no remnants of it now i don't think so like a plaque or something yeah i've been to kyoto but uh did not know about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so for the film the rashomon gate was constructed um as was the courtyard where the trial takes place but the woods are all real woods and he wanted it to be as simple and natural as possible. Kurosawa and Miyagawa, the cinematographer, didn't want to use any light that wasn't natural. So he started to use mirrors to reflect the light of the sun. You get a few really cool shots of like the light on actors' faces. Uh, the film was a huge success, both internationally and in Japan. It won the Golden Lion Award at Venice, and it was the first Japanese film to go to the festival. And how it happened was an Italian professor, Giuliana Stramigioli, actually recommended the film to the festival because she was like a scholar of Japan and the festival wanted to screen a Japanese film. At first, the Japanese government thought an Ozu movie would be better uh, to represent Japanese cinema as a whole, but eventually Rashomon was chosen. And it really opened up Western audiences to start taking Japanese cinema seriously. They really didn't before. It was released in the United States shortly after, and the Academy gave it a special honor at the 1952 awards. There was no foreign language film category. So the award it got was the most outstanding foreign language film released in the United States during 1951. And some people think that it actually led to the creation of the category, which came in 1956 it's so weird so that was the 52 awards but then in 53 a year after its honorary award it was nominated for best black and white art direction
1: what the hell i That's don't know so specific why too.
0: and uh, because i think that was the only one it was technically allowed to be but why not cinematography yeah nominated for i don't know i don't know how it works Uh, It was adapted to a Western starring Paul Newman called Outrage, and it has become the namesake for this plot device of unreliable narration and hearing several sides to a story with the actual truth being revealed at the end of the movie. It's called Rashomon. That's, That's the plot device. Most recently, did you see Ridley Scott's Last Duel? No. So it really draws on Rashomon, and I didn't know until now. But basically, because Matt Damon is the husband, Jody Comer is his wife, and Adam Driver is the knight that rapes her. And you literally hear first Matt Damon, then Adam Driver, then Jody Comer hmm. side of the story. And it's really similar and it's really good. Those are my initial thoughts. No, those, I mean, aren't those your are <laughs> <thoughts>.
1: <laughs> those are your specs.
0: Those are my specs. Those are good specs. Thank you.
1: Really good specs. Thanks. You know, I'd give them a, an A, a solid A. Aw, thank
0: yeah. you. I worked really hard on them. I know, I didn't <laughs> see that. Now, what are your initial thoughts?
1: My initial thoughts. So, this is only my second time seeing this movie. Um, I think I saw it about 10 years ago, which is crazy. It was right when Criterion put the Blu-ray out, and I, I checked the back, and it was 2012. That's when it came out. So, that's when I first saw it. And, um... I actually so in high school, I will take credit for introducing my circle of friends to a lot of film because uh, what can I say? I got there first. Um, But but the one thing that they had over me was Japanese cinema, Asian cinema in general. But they loved Kurosawa. They loved Seven Samurai and Throne of Blood. And I remember seeing clips of these and just not engaging with specifically the samurai film, at least at that age. For some reason, I just couldn't get into it. And so I like kind of wrote Kurosawa off and it wasn't until 2012 uh, that I sat down with Rashomon. And I think this is exactly what I needed to get into Kurosawa because I loved it when I saw it and it just so wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I was used, I thought it was gonna be this three hour samurai like epic and who can't relate to just um, how purely this story is told. And I think the simplicity of the movie really works for it. It's literally like under 90 minutes. I think it's like 88 minutes or something and the way that he's so clearly he so clearly tells the story mm-hmm. is um i think any storyteller filmmaker is kind of in awe of like mm-hmm. how easy he makes it look so i loved it i loved how atmospheric it was i loved how profound it was in the different tellings of the same story and mm-hmm. how people can mm-hmm. skew the truth and what really is the truth and um yeah i i loved this so but strangely didn't see it again in that 10 year span have since seen a lot of other kurosawa films but did not go back to this until prepping for this episode and uh yeah i mean what can i say it's a great great mighty masterpiece of cinema mm-hmm. i think it's such a roadmap as you said it's the first time the sun like the camera focused on the sun like mm-hmm. which is crazy i know it's like in psycho in 1960 that was the first time you saw a flushing toilet on yeah. film but it just blows my mind that like before 1950, no one had just like tilted Point, the camera. Yeah, like what? I know. Um, but beyond that, of course, like yes, the structure and the way that this is told is seen prominently today. Like yeah. this is a uh, this is a classic storytelling technique. Mm-hmm. And so, not only is this film super innovative, but I think an important. It's a textbook film. It's one of the I forget. I, mean, I don't know if it was Portlandia or some sketch show where they made fun of like. Okay, now you got to see Rashomon and so mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, fuck." Cuz it is it's like so one good. of those it's it's again when you take an intro to film course, film course. This is like one of the first 3 movies you see or something cuz mm-hmm. it's that important. Mm-hmm. But I think cuz we talk about homework movies sometimes on this show and this movie does not feel like that at all. Never. I think this movie is so engaging mm-hmm. and engrossing and uh just leaps off the screen. So, I I, agree. I love it. How about you?
0: I agree. Uh, this is why I wanted to do the sight and sound challenge, these like heavy hitters that I hadn't seen. This movie, you're right, is explosive. Every element is explosive. The cinematography, the performances, the music, the story itself, the the um the subject matter for 1950. And I there was another spec I forgot to mention, something about this movie was released during the american occupation of japan and they had just like cleared the censors to allow rape to even be talked about even though you couldn't even do it in the us yeah which is crazy um obviously the editing also explosive which he did himself i just love how raw and crude the movie is and how decades ahead of its time it is in like all of these aspects it's not just like the cinematography it's everything and that's what's so great about it he ma- like he makes walking through the woods interesting yeah i could just watch him walk through the woods for hours mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's about so many things but it's also pretty simple that's what i love about it and when you're watching it you can tell that oh, like this can be remade in so many different ways in so many different settings. And like, and it has been in TV and in film, but while you're watching it, you get that thought because it is so simple, but also that nothing could ever beat this.
1: Yeah 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 so it's like it's like the incredible. first and definitive talent. exactly
0: telling. exactly the, i watched like the trailer for that outrage movie the one with paul newman it's so bad
1: <laughs> yeah i have not it's seen really that
0: really bad <laughs> yeah it's horrible um those are my initial thoughts without getting too deep into anything
1: cool well that was the episode that was rashomon <laughs> what's next week jackie
0: well no <laughs> Let's talk about, I think the best place to start is rain.
1: I was just about <laughs> to suggest that. So
0: Thanks. first
1: of all, how perfect. It's literally pouring outside it right is. now, right outside it this is. window. It is pouring. <laughs> and you came in here with your Mary Poppins umbrella. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay. To be honest, to be frank, in 2012, when I first saw this and that it opens and it's just pouring on the on Rashomon, I was instantly in love because that is my love language. I love seeing water in film. Your
0: love has been that old if you've had this love of rain that long. Oh yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I'm a pluviophile Jackie. That's wow. that's the official word. Okay.
0: Do you like a uh, Water World at Universal? <laughs> yeah,
1: I love the sh- I love the live show. Yes. Yes, I do. Count me in. Um uh, no, yes, this I think it too like what a way to start a movie and that it's instantly atmospheric Mm -hmm. and instantly places you in a very specific time and place and it's tactile. You can feel it. And it just does that over the opening credits with the rain Mm -hmm. coming down, Mm -hmm. leaking and puddles and, Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And it's like a heavy rain.
0: Yeah. So. Did you know that they had to add black ink to the rain machine so that it comes out in black and white? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, when we did Singing in the Rain, we talked about, because it's a color film, they put milk in the rain. Wow. Because, yeah, a lot of times just regular just won't water won't show yeah. up on, on film.
0: Um, I love that downpour. That is an amazing downpour. And also just the framing device itself. Like, I love how they're just sitting there sad in the rain and you know it's going to be something good. And, and they tease it, too, because that commoner comes and he's like, OK, tell the story and you're waiting for it. It even zooms in on the priest, but then the story doesn't start. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. And an amazing shot, like the um, it's like the sign, the Rashomon sign, and then it just comes up. And you can see them underneath the roof. Mm-hmm. Do you know what shot I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the roof
1: that's falling apart. It's
0: incredible. And the
1: way too that they're using, they're pulling apart Rashomon itself like wood planks to like to stoke make the fire, fire right. Yeah. yeah. So that that visual cue of just like having them, it's dilapidated. It's raining, raining and they're, they're, sad. they're tearing it apart. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it does create like you said. It creates this like okay, let's all hunker down for story time. You know, exactly. they're, they're all stranded there. Yeah. They're all, they're all seeking shelter from the rain. Exactly. And coming together and building a fire. And they have no, none of them is in a hurry to go anywhere because right. they're stranded.
0: Right. And Kurosawa, he wanted to come back to, he talks about this movie in terms of like wanting to return to what he loved about silent film and purely visual storytelling. And it's so clear in the beginning and throughout the whole movie, obviously, like they're so i I joked about like how tied the cinematography is to um in the mood for love, mm. like how they're like so close that they're essentially Siamese twins. Mm-hmm. this as well, I feel that way like the cinematography and the story and the way it's moving all just so so married um but then you get that incredible shift, yeah, they're abandoned there, but then you get that. Amazing shift into story time where he's walking through the woods with sunny the day. music, sunny day, Clear reflecting day. off the axe. Yeah. It is a crazy shift. It left me like, whoa.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the 2001 bone to spaceship yes. transition.
0: Yes. <laughs> it is. Except you have an axe. Yeah. Yeah. Following him from behind, looking up at the trees above. Like That's what I mean. It's like as- immediately when it started, I'm like, this is decades ahead of its time yeah yeah decades
1: kurosawa is so ahead of the game i think too like the fact that he lets the movie breathe in that way is so crucial to it working because you do and i could see why this maybe wouldn't be some people's bag because so much of it is just like existing in real time in the woods and there's a lot of mufune running through the woods and some people might think oh could you cut some of that here and there and sure you technically could and get Mm -hmm. the same story but i think it's crucial to almost like real time that he creates in each of those tellings of the story
0: right definitely and i love like the clues when he's walking in the woods the hat and then the rope like the way that he built this tension of just him walking it's incredible uh it's really incredible
1: (laughs) it really is you mentioned this kurosawa guy huh he
0: knows his stuff (laughs) Um, you mentioned Mifune and I think it's time to talk about him. Yeah,
1: and we did. If you have not heard our episode on Seven Samurai, you'll hear a lot of uh, yeah. waxing Again, poetic about Mifune and Kurosawa. He
0: <laughs> is giving his absolute all yeah and best and
1: in a in a role pretty similar to his role in 7 samurai Very, where yeah. it's this feral performance yes.
0: it's pre this is pre 7 samurai mm-hmm. and he's Four like years. smacking bugs off of him he's wiping his sweat apparently kurosawa told him to act like a lion just in his like physicality which he totally does he's like stalking and i almost expect him to get down on all fours yeah. and like crawl um and it's just so interesting because his laugh is the same as in Seven Samurai, but it's so different here. It's like we all know that laugh, but here in this, when he's like a rapist and bandit, it's so evil.
1: I think, too, there's something just so inherently likable about Mifune that it's hard to ever hate him, even though even when he's yeah. doing these terrible things.
0: No, totally
1: um well it's funny too because the roles like you have this in seven samurai where it's like like you said he's like a lion he's like an animal but then you have roles like um throwing of blood or in high and low which might be my like favorite cool, kurosawa right? movie yeah. where he's much more powerful and cool and collected mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. really ran the the gamut there
0: totally and i think this is the first time he is doing period uh stuff for kurosawa because mm-hmm. he was in one movie before this but it was not period um I want to see him and like not
1: period you did you looked at a picture for our seven samurai episode and you were like Whoo. He is fine yeah. uh,
0: he is but I want to see him just act like a normal guy check
1: out um high and low oh my god that might be my favorite Kurosawa
0: it's not period
1: no it's it's contemporary 1960s Japan okay and he plays like the head of like a shoe company or something oh cool it's so good oh my nice. god
0: love him uh now let's get into like Well wait,
1: just quickly too, yeah. there's there's the scene at the end when um him and the woodcutter get into sorry, not the woodcutter, the, the samurai get into this fight in the last telling of the story, and it's like a very prolonged sort of oh like and he it's loses incredible. his sword for a while and just the physicality of that scene like i can only imagine how exhausting that would be yeah. especially for Mafune, who's like rolling around sliding uh-huh. down like mud hills in
0: real woods like those weren't like crafted soft leaves or something yeah. like fake leaves or it looks exhausting like yeah <laughs> it's
1: really really exhausting
0: that la- i mean we'll talk about that last telling but it's so that fight when i was watching it i was just like what the fuck is going on? Why are they be why are they fighting so bad? Like why is something stopping them from actually fighting? Like it was I don't know. I thought you know what I thought it was? Cause right before that, the priest talks about like the demon of Rashomon who has left. I for a split second i'm like is this demon like holding them back somehow from (laughs) actually fighting (laughs) because it happens like right before (laughs) but no let's talk about let's i mean let's talk about these stories right like this is the nitty-gritty it's just that the subjectivity of each one like i said the camera is so involved it it's all to do with camera and it's so funny like the first one holds weight because Yeah, it's like it's really the bandit story, but it is still the first time we're hearing it. So I feel like it does hold that extra weight, especially of setting up like how they even ended up in the situation.
1: Yeah, it sets up the whole the prologue part, which you don't get in the other story. Exactly.
0: So it's like that part, at least I feel like is a little objective and you get that triangle of shots. You know, the one where it's like it's so incredible, but it's each character and it's you know what I'm talking about. Right. When they're just staring at each other, it's like. It's objective in that it's like each character, but it's not really each character, it's like the side of them, and really the subject of a shot is another character, so it's kind of that character's point of view, yeah, it's incredible, yeah, it's so, so cool. What a way to set it up. What a way to get the showdown started! I love it. It's so good, and you know what else? You never speaking about the subjectivity, you never there are no judges, right. Mm-mm. They're not, no one is asking them questions. You don't no even one hear their doubting voices. doubting them. Yeah. Do so they don't allowed even to see just, them. There's no judges. Yeah, you don't see them. And it's kind of, at first it was a little weird because it was like, huh? Like they, they were asking a question, right? Yeah, you only get and their the response. And the bandit was like, what, did I leave? Yeah, and it's, yeah, but you don't hear the judges.
1: What What film did we just do? Because we, we equated it to like Charlie Brown, how you never see the adults or you don't hear yes. the adults. What, we just did a film where In like. for Love. Oh, right, right, the, right, right, The Spouses, yeah. Right, the Spouses, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Ping-pong.
0: Ping-pong, <laughs> right? What are the odds? Um, yeah. So I just thought that was incredible. And of course, yeah, like when the bandit Tajimoru is saying the story, the battle's like glorious and choreographed. And how many times does he say like, Oh, the samurai fought really bravely. The, famu- the samurai was like so honorable. Like he really drives it home, yeah. which then matches with the last one it's so perfectly that it's like no, yeah. it wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, ugh, that horrible messy fight. I love it. Also, in this, in the bandits telling you have the famous sun sunshot, right, mm-hmm. and it's when he's essentially like about to rape her. And she like looks at the sun and she like gives in and you get that shot of her hand on his back. Like, that's what I mean when I mean it's all camera. It's all subjective yeah. camera and these three stories and people, I, I, I found something online about how it's like he's subverting light expectations because it's like she sees the sun, but she's about to get raped. Mm. So it's like weird that it's like not darkness. Like he plays with light and dark in like opposite ways. Hmm dialectic ways right which right is so weird but I also just think it's kind of just because it is the bandits telling and in his mind yeah she was seduced quote quote like
1: right. yeah like she gives in right yeah
0: and then there's the wife the bride story um first of all before before I get more deep into it I just want to say what immediately struck me like the second the movie ended was just that Each of them, usually I feel like when you get this trope, this Rashomon, that's what it's called, it's like someone is trying to avoid the blame and not be convicted. But each of the people claim that they are responsible for the death. Right. That's what's so wild to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saving face and they care about honor so much that they are straight up confessing to murder instead of trying to say it wasn't me. This is what actually happened. Each of them claims that they were responsible for the death of the samurai. Right. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. And the different reactions they have to that, too. Like in the telling with Mifune's character, like he's proud of it. He's yes. boasting.
0: He, I mean, he's proud of it. He's boasting. But he also says, like, I won fair and square. It was right. a good fight. Like our swords touched 23 times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then the wife... Like it's a different telling. It's a, oh, yeah, she's crying, and it's... yeah,
0: okay. So that's the thing. Like, so we have the bandit, right, which, where in which she apparently submitted, right? But the bride story opens with her crying, mm. and it opens with her crying. It's one of my favorite shots. And again, when I was like, "Oh, this is so ahead of its time." So the priest, it's back in the framing device time, like the present tense. The priest is like, and then we heard the bride story and it cuts immediately to that shot where she's crying. It's at the, it's at the courtyard actually. And they're in the background staring at her. Yeah. That shot. I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So not only is she crying then, but then when she tells her story, she's crying on the ground and is like inconsolable Yeah, and can't even get up to free her husband. Like she stands up and then immediately falls to the ground crying again. So, of course, like, the subjectivity. Anyway, it, I mean, that's the whole movie. Like, it's <laughs> that's yeah. really it. Yeah. Um. But it's, I don't know. What an amazing move not seeing the look on the husband's face. So, she frees him, right? Right. And then she's just taken aback, right? And we don't know why she's so confused when she's looking at her it husband. It holds on her for a while. Holds for a while. And you're just like, what? And then there's that amazing shot of her covering her eyes, not wanting to look at him. Ugh. It's so good. <laughs> but we do see his face. We see his face a little bit, right? We don't see it immediately. You'd think like after she says like he was looking at me with such loathing, like we would see his face. We only get like little glimpses of it. Does he look like he loathes her?
1: Yeah, sure. That look. Yeah, really? that t- sure.
0: I don't. I saw that I'm like that's loathing and disgust he kind of looks turned on (laughs) no I swear (laughs) he looks like sinister like wickedly like He's not looking at her frowning. He has like a little grin on his face.
1: I did not see a grin.
0: I saw a grin. I
1: think the projection in that scene is like, how could you let this happen to you? And your body was sullied. And that's the look he's giving. It's
0: it's a different. He's not turned on in like a good way. I think it's a bad way. I think it's like, oh, like you're a whore now. Well, yeah, like.
1: But how is that not discussed? He's like turned on. I,
0: I think he's turned on. He doesn't look that mad.
1: He he I, I looks like he's looks... just done with her. He's like, that's it. I'm walking away. Yeah. Maybe
0: I should rewatch.
1: <laughs> this poor woman.
0: <laughs> the poor woman. Um.
1: Because whatever, however way you slice it, she's attacked. She in, still was in every and version raped. of the yeah, story. Yeah.
0: And, and then okay and then we have the samurai story the husband right yeah. Tol- told through a medium i love too. the first time i so saw this weird and you get to that point it's incredible it's
1: like this movie took a turn for the best
0: amazing <laughs> amazing and, and it's lo- so
1: weird too yeah. the way that the medium's like falling to the ground so and she's like bizarre snaking around yeah. and then the creepy dubbed voice too, oh my god of, of, it's so you know. scary yeah
0: and i love how like i had no idea that was coming and the priest wasn't even like, oh, this is like, we-. like he did, He was just like, yeah, he spoke through a medium. Like, nothing. No explanation. No, like, anything.
1: Yeah, it was more accepted. It was a more accepted... I mean, yeah, uh... but
0: still, I just love how, like, cut and dry it was. Right,
1: right, right. They didn't make a big um, deal out of it. Exactly.
0: Saying, yeah. And with the husband... Okay, so when it's the husband's story, it opens, the story itself, opens with... His wife sitting peacefully on the leaves. Like it literally almost looks like a romantic scene. She's like sitting and talking to Mifune's bandit. After character. the attack has happened. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, what does that tell you? Um it yeah, it almost looks romantic. And then he says, like, she raised her face in a trance. She's never looked as beautiful um and then with the husband you have that amazing shot of her clutching the bandit like she's holding on to him oh, and yeah. it's just her eyes yep that's the picture i chose for our website by the way nice um and you have that shot when it's the husband's story of course um yeah, I think honestly, I'm sorry, going back to the medium Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. I think she should have won. <laughs> what an incredible job.
1: Yeah, she's only in it for a couple of minutes, but uh, really
0: leaves an impression. Yeah.
1: She's believable. In the same way, too, that like um Throne of Blood is is Macbeth. So he has the witches of Macbeth. And Chris, I was so good at that like otherworldly, like scary sort of just like feeling. Yeah. It's like hard to it's very easy, like The medium in this could have been a total joke yeah like some woman just being like oh oh," you know like acting like she was possessed or something but instead you get this very bizarre snake-like performance yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) and then we have the woodcutter so the woodcutter opens with her crying right and the bandit begging her like be my wife come with me um
1: it's so and romantic then threatening
0: right? her that like, I'm going to have to kill you if you don't come with me. Um, so I think it's pretty safe to say that the romantic looking up into the sun didn't happen, but this goes into my thought. My question for you is how truthful do you think that the woodcutter story is? Like, do you rely on it as fact?
1: No, I, my takeaway from this movie is I don't rely on any of, I think the truth is pieces in all four of the stories probably i i never got the impression that like the woodcutter story was like the actual story now
0: what about with you never did
1: no because again too like if he did witness all of this happen and this whole ordeal must have lasted like hours right i mean look at the whole thing and he's tied up and then he goes to get her and brings her back and she tries to run away and then he assaults her and then after you know it's 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 a prolonged thing so where is this woodcutter this whole time where he can observe closely what's happening while them still not knowing that he's there.
0: I think he mentions that he came in and found her crying, him tight. Oh, he that's wasn't right. There that's right. The beginning. Yeah, but I still,
1: um, I mean, to be undetected, and I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I don't think it's. I so, don't think it's like the definitive mm, telling. I kind of do because for me, you know what? It would cheapen the movie a little bit. If they're like, here's three different versions, here's a fourth, this is what really happened.
0: Right, and they don't, which is really smart. Yeah. But me personally, I feel like
1: But because he's the only one with no skin in the game.
0: Exactly. And the way that yeah, we see that horrible, like messy fight that wasn't glorious at all. And like we do open with her crying. Like it's like it you do get kind of the mixtures of everything that we heard previously. Like she Like, she cuts her husband free and says, like, you guys need to decide. She kind of did that in the bandit story, right? Where she's like, one of you guys has to die. Um, I don't know. So I feel like I kind of do. Hmm but then of course you have the samurai saying like you've been with two men why don't you kill yourself where in his story i just loved that i love the contrast between him in this woodcutter story and him in his story because he's so distraught in his story that he literally kills himself and then in this one he's like no you kill yourself yeah, yeah like yeah. you're disgusting yeah and that contrast is just like amazing
1: i think he deserves husband of the year <laughs>
0: such his wife is a assaulted horrible, and then he's like horrible. it's over
1: it's so bad <laughs> either i'm dying or you're gonna die <laughs> yeah. jesus
0: yeah it's crazy um and then i love how the bandit stands up for her he's like don't bully her like that yeah in the woodcutter story
1: see you almost and because it's, it's mifune it's you almost sympathize with it's them because
0: it's him <laughs> you
1: realize what a piece of shitty but is. in
0: reality if we're taking this for reality like this is what i mean with, like i believe this one the most in reality yeah, they both abandon her if you think about it. Sure. Yeah. Um the and it's so funny that like the bandit doesn't want her now that she's undesirable to the husband. And that's so telling.
1: Yeah, like, it's yeah. It's
0: so and it's about like class at this point and it's uh-huh. about gender. Like this one is the most interesting because it is about like all these things. Um and the drastically different bride, like let's talk about the bride in this one and how she says like her whole speech about You're not a man. You're not standing up for me. Mm -hmm. You're not a man. I thought you would take me away from all of this. But then, once her husband dies, she runs away anyway. So, like, was her plan to just provoke them? And then, like, what would happen if her husband won?
1: Well... They would have continued their lives though. No. That's
0: what I'm saying. They would have. She only runs away when her husband dies. Yeah. So I feel like maybe she was waiting for her husband. Yeah. To like stand up for her.
1: Who knows if she was even pinning them against each other. It might have just more been like she ha- was fed up with these two assholes.
0: She was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think she actually was was doing that. Otherwise, she would have gone with the bandit if she yeah. really wanted to be saved from this life. No, exactly. Like,
1: yeah. Um,
0: she really was just sick of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think about what would have happened if the samurai had survived.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um,
0: that wicked laugh she has—that's incredible. <laughs> when she shifts from crying to laughing. Oh yeah, yeah. She spits on the bandit.
1: Well, they literally just said the the, the husband said to her like, "Oh, women, they're weak." Yeah,
0: no, it's incredible. <laughs> Stop crying. And she literally bullies them into fighting each other. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Yeah, and it's such a unglamorous uh, fight. It, it, I think it's exactly how a fight would look if someone so. was a bystander from like far away yeah. and like saw this playing out. Yeah, like it's different than the, um, the samurai or the or the bandit telling the story because in that they're right up in the action, they're close. It's more in your face. This version where it's prolonged and it's messy and people are rolling down hills and like trying to grab swords and it's just like playing grab ass. No, that's probably that's what, it would look what like.
0: happened. Yeah. But it is really they're like when I say like she bullies them into fighting, it's like they both assume this this honor thing and this gender thing, I feel like. This like I'm a man, I have to fight. Yeah, of but course. Even though they both don't want to. Yeah. But they do it.
1: Well, it's that feudal Japanese No, it's you wild. Know, mentality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's all about honor. O- honor first.
0: Yeah. I also love how, from the fight on, like when she's gonna run away, there's no talking. That was really silent movie to me. Mm-hmm. There's he doesn't say like "let's go." He's just like literally an animal. He's like, ah, "like come with me," and she's like, "no, no."
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just did singing in the rain.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, incredible close ups of the sweaty faces in that scene. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. What's your favorite um which story is your favorite? To watch, let's say.
1: The medium. Because... Really? Yeah.
0: That one's like the most boring. He just kills himself.
1: <laughs> it's because it's a medium, Jackie, okay? I know what no, the
0: heck? I no, I mean um, the story. No, I know itself. what you're saying. I know what
1: you're saying. I guess the last one is the most interesting. Probably. The last one has the most to it. It's the most complicated. Yeah. Um. Emotionally. And I feel like a lot of the other ones are kind of black and white. And that one's like very, very gray. Everyone's well, yeah, gray.
0: because it's the objective yeah. viewpoint. Yeah.
1: The person not involved.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of the rules of the game. Do you remember that quote? The very famous quote from rules of the game which is just the awful thing about life is this everyone has his reasons. Oh yeah yeah. That's like yeah. the most famous quote. I see it everywhere. Yeah. Rule is that said game. by Ren
1: Moore in the film? Yes. Yeah yeah.
0: Um and it, that's this movie. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. The the baby. The baby.
1: Pretty wild. <laughs> it's wild.
0: And then the heavens open up, right?
1: Yeah. I mean look, you know, he's getting redemption it's a nice little you know it's a good way because otherwise the end of this film is like yeah yeah exactly so i think it adds kind of a because kurosawa was i think ultimately an optimist Mm -hmm. and so many of his films so few of his films have this like fatalistic ending yeah um so yeah this this makes sense for him and would it have been the choice i made maybe not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm 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 saying in terms of like a storyteller. Right. But like no, yeah, it's a I like it. It works for me. What about you? I
0: like it too, I think. Um the only thing that confused me was that whole like amulet thing. Right. That seems I
1: I don't quite know what's going on there either, to be honest.
0: Because they mention an amulet with the samurai thing. Uh-huh. Is it related? Maybe it's just like a language thing we're not getting um i don't know
1: i don't yeah actually because don't it's like
0: there's the baby has an amulet on it and then that commoner steals it but like why would someone leave their baby with if you're abandoning a baby
1: it's like a good luck amulet that. or something
0: but they're abandoning
1: yeah but they still her. wish it well it's like it's like they threw a baby in a river
0: oh i was thinking about it like that <laughs>
1: I, don't know why. <laughs> I mean they put it it there's was covered. No, it there's was, no
0: safe place. There's was, no fire station. But it was sheltered
1: from the rain, you know. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> How sad. Especially I watched the cause um Return to Soul is an adoption story. She's she's um a baby who was adopted by a French couple. And um I just have such a soft spot for orphans and I don't know. Yeah. It's all very fresh in my mind. So that baby was um yeah.
1: I would love to see Rashomon, too, where we follow the upbringing the baby. of that baby.
0: <laughs> okay. And then I started thinking, is this baby the baby of this couple? But then, like, I know in the beginning, I had the logline, I said, like, oh, if you thought your honeymoon was bad. I don't know why I assumed that they were newlyweds, because she's referred to as the bride in a lot of things I read. So I just kind of assumed that it was just their wedding. Right. I don't know if that's the case, yeah, but I then I either. started, when I saw that baby, I'm like, is that their baby? In...
1: Wouldn't that be interesting?
0: Right? Because Wouldn't that throw again, another wrench no, into because the words. of the amulet thing that they mentioned. Right, I'm right. like, is this related? So I don't know. I think I was a little, I don't want to say I'm confused by it, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, interesting. I'm not ruling out that possibility. How could
0: it be their baby though? How did it get there?
1: They put it there oh wait no 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 no! but then
0: they each want to claim that they killed someone because they care about honor that much
1: right and he's the husband's already dead at this point before the baby gets placed there anyway unless the baby's been chilling there this whole time just not crying (laughs) maybe it's been sleeping the whole time
0: or they had a secret like that's why they were traveling to leave the baby there but then why would they if they care about honor so much and they seem like they're rich
1: yeah they do seem like they're rich (laughs) well because the events of the film the, the framing device of them at rashomon the events took place what like three days before
0: exactly yeah i don't know i don't know either
1: i would say it would be a little too convenient if there if it was their baby no
0: i'm not <laughs> saying it's their baby I'm just... but it would it would be an <laughs> it interesting ran through wrinkle. my head yeah
1: yeah it's Mafune's baby
0: maybe <laughs> no
1: you never know because again how would he he was most likely imprisoned at the end of his story because he is this famous yes. bandit, so and he would not... he was not... taken from yeah. the
0: horse, yeah.
1: Yeah. He was raised... No, he's raised by a horse.
0: Yeah, that too.
1: Oh, he had a horse for a mother and a donkey <laughs> for a father. Speaking of donkey, I did see EO. <gasps> oh, did you like no, it? No, I didn't really like Why? it. Why? Was... I don't know. It's uh, so good. I think I like Balthazar more. Anyway, sorry. I mean, Balthazar is amazing. <laughs> I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, because I know we did... Uh, we, you, EO, was on your list for best films EO. of last year.
0: Yeah. I loved it. You didn't like
1: it? I I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I like some of it. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm I didn't. Just a I didn't sucker. I listen, didn't dislike it, but <laughs> I because I went into it thinking like, oh, this is gonna fix all the problems I have with Balthazar. And instead... it's
0: literally very similar to Balthazar. Yeah, <laughs> except it's more about like I think vegetarianism, right? Than, yeah, than Balthazar is, and um,
1: but yeah, this is um, this is one heck of a picture.
0: Rashomon? <laughs> Um, what a picture! What What a a picture picture about saving face.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I just like to. We talk about you know we're both big Bergman fans, and I think the the way that Bergman is able to do these like ninety minute super condensed, amazing, super powerful movies like Winter Light and stuff, and then also do these five hour epics like Fanny and Alexander and Scenes from a Marriage, like cool range like the the range there is just incredible and i think similar is um is kurosawa again the three and a half hour epic and the 90 minute film Mm -hmm. and everything in between and like it just takes a lot because there's such a simplicity to this where something like i'll just mention seven samurai because so far it's the only other kurosawa we've done on this show uh it's 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 there's a lot of moving pieces in that and a lot of characters and a lot of plot and things mm-hmm, happen and mm-hmm. it's just it's wild mm-hmm. like you can see the the, the fingerprints on both films mm-hmm. from him but like it's just that range is crazy it is Goals. and that's
0: why i think Mifune is so interesting that he plays like this uh variation on a theme mm-hmm if you will, it's almost like uh, <laughs>
1: Seven Samurai is the casino to uh, <laughs> to Rashomon's Goodfellas. Yeah, which is in terms of they bring Joe Pesci back and they're like, right. okay, do what kind you did before. Some, yeah, but like tweak you're bad, it a little. Yeah. yeah, you're bad and yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? It's it's funny too because then you have like a middle ground, like him in Yojimbo. Have you seen Yojimbo? Mm-hmm. That's almost more like he's kind of ferocious in that, but he's not so like feral. It's yeah. Just, He's a little bit slicker. Okay. So he can, oh man, just the range of Kurosawa and Mifune. Who knew? Who knew? What's your favorite site from (laughs) Russia? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: It's, mm, I thought I had written something. Okay. And then I said, I'm going to save it because I thought I had written it for favorite site, but it turns out I did. I have several, but if I had to narrow it down, probably oh now i remember what i did okay never mind it's the when it's that triangle of shots when it's the start of the bandit story it's like the start of how they even got into the situation and then the last one that kind of circles behind the wife and Mm -hmm. lands on her that is an amazing shot so good and then it really springs into action she like attacks him or tries to attack him yeah it's incredible yeah what's yours rain
1: it's the whole opening <laughs> credits <laughs> i knew it. So it's like 10 shots or 15 shots it's ever. amazing but come on how, yeah it's come on
0: <laughs> it's so funny it's really i i love hearing your favorite site
1: am i and too predictable
0: no <laughs> it just is so telling of our tastes <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yours actually means something. Mine is more aesthetic.
0: That's, but that's <laughs> more telling. aesthetically it's pleasing. Telling.
1: Well, you know, I try for a nice balance. You know, look, if there wasn't rain in this movie, like all over this movie, then sure, I would pick like a really meaningful image. <laughs> but because there is so much rain, I'm, I'm like a kid being led away you with are. candy. Um, but, but I will, I will argue that the rain in this film serves a greater purpose. Yeah. Of. Uh, a, a certain kind of cleansing, because again, at the end of the this film, cleanse. the rain stops,
0: and the skies part.
1: Yeah, and the clouds the part, and yeah, the sun comes out exactly. So, uh,
0: so uh, I had heard, <coughs> heard I had read that apparently he wanted to do a similar thing. Where remember how I said he was like playing with light, and how it like means the opposite thing of what he's like projecting. Mm-hmm. He wanted to wait for like a dark cloud to come to end the movie with but it didn't come so wow. he kind of had to make it like oh huh i don't know the specifics but i think he wanted he was hoping for a cloud so it's like not too happy
1: i i get it i, mean, <laughs> I think it worked. <laughs> it's so specific <laughs> he's like i want it to clear but not entirely i want it to clear for a second then i want a dark cloud yes, to pass over. i think
0: that's what he wanted i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite sound
1: my favorite sound is uh sounds of the rain. So unfortunately in the that opening credit sequence which is my favorite sight, you don't actually hear the rain cuz it's mm-hmm. just the the music. Mm-hmm. But later in the film mm-hmm. as they're sitting around, you just hear the rain pouring. You
0: did sight and sound rain? <laughs> <laughs> what's the word what what what's the word for a fascination or love uh, of water
1: Pluviophile. specifically I think you're the poster rain. boy for <laughs> the
0: pluvio-philes out there well it,
1: i think too uh i almost went with um the sound of the medium's voice that the, that's really the voice is good coming here, but
0: really really good
1: and then there's even that like bolero-esque the music mu- that plays yeah um but no nah, it's the rain come on i here went, well, well let's let's play a let's oh. play a little section of that rain oh yeah. It sounds like like sounds it does like right like now right out the window. yeah
0: exactly outside um what's your favorite sound it's that bolero that so- oh yeah yeah oh, yeah it. it's so incredible is
1: this that is that actually bolero mm, or is probably it just like oh so it sounds like a riff on like bolero. it
0: went you know what i'm talking about is when she's yeah. walking towards him with the knife uh-huh oh my god yeah incredible
1: let's play a clip
0: and you hear her like freaking out and saying stop looking at me and it's building and she's holding this knife and i mean come on
1: yeah it's so good
0: um I also really loved, like, I'm telling you, the second it shifted to him walking in the woods with the axe and that music is playing, I was like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. (laughs) So that music also. so what did our friend pauline say
1: okay pauline
0: <laughs> do You say it like i have that? no
1: idea why i just had that tone um okay pauline kale this is what she had to say just a little brief snippet here i couldn't find the whole thing um she says this double crime is acted out four times in the versions of the three participants each giving an account that increases the prestige of his conduct and in the version of a woodcutter who witnessed the episode Continuously reconstructing the crime, Rashomon asks, how can we ever know the truth? This great enigmatic film was directed by Akira Kurosawa from stories by blah, blah, blah. The introductory and closing sequences are tedious. The woman's whimpering is almost enough to drive one to the nearest exit. (laughs) Yet the film transcends these discomforts. It has its own perfection. Wow. I really like the framing story.
0: I like the framing story but like I said the the baby in the end is a little
1: You know what? I don't know. Okay. Let's I I'm on the same page with you. I would cut the baby out of this movie.
0: I probably would too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are we bad people? No, because I think it makes it a little too like
0: It's like what where did this baby come from? Why is he crying now? It's and a little too he...
1: easy a redemption, right? Almost yeah. like a and it's like know. the
0: way that the priest pulls back and then it's like, no, like I have six kids. I just want to take care of him. And I'm like, okay. And then the priest is like, yes, faith in humanity restored.
1: I, it's I a little know. too cheesy. Yeah, it's a little know. cheesy. I think it, it, it puts a little too nice of a bow on the end, which I think he probably felt that that's why he wanted to add that dark cloud.
0: Too bad. Nature wasn't on his side. No, just end
1: it after the after the woodcutter's story is told, and maybe maybe the, the rain lets up and then the guys just disperse and they just leave and they go their separate ways. That that ending would have worked right or there. Or
0: they help they have to help each other somehow. Nah.
1: <laughs> but they've they've helped each other over the course of the film by regaling this story and sharing their Thoughts about humanity over it and coming together during the storm. I don't know.
0: I think he was looking for something where it's like, yes, they need to show that they're actually selfless and not just interested in their own um uh, needs. I get it. Um but a, a, a random baby showing up. I don't know if that's it. No. Um but yeah.
1: That the baby is the only reason <laughs> I didn't give this a full five stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't I didn't give it anything yet.
1: Give it a four and a half. I
0: don't like rating things. okay
1: that's what you said and you said you stopped rating things but then i literally saw you just rated stuff so you're already slipping jackie no
0: when i feel so moved to rate something that's when i do i see but then i feel like for all the side and sound movies i kind of have to i don't know why um actually yeah. i don't know <laughs> should we go to speaking of letterbox
1: letterbox let's do it I've got a star and a half review here that just says, I'm upset I didn't like this movie. I know it's considered one of the best movies ever made and very influential, but most of the movie didn't work for me. I wasn't a big fan of the characters or the plot. I felt like it dragged, even though it was a short movie. The cinematography was nice with some really interesting shots, especially from a film from 1950, I'll have to give this movie a rewatch in the future. Well, at least they, you know, that's, you know what? That's all you can ask. I think when you sit down to a great work and it doesn't connect with you, I think most people, if it's really revered and it's a really important film, like I think the coming back thing is a good attitude to have, you know, because art changes over time in our lives.
0: Yeah. Greg, this one's for you. Four and a half stars. Find yourself someone who loves you as much as Akira Kurosawa loves rain. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's that whole great, there's a whole extended sequence in Seven Samurai, too, that battle that happens in the rain. It's so
0: good. Yeah.
1: I have a half-star review. Wow. That just says, I will never forgive my professor for making me watch this. A boring movie is one thing, but the incessant Bolero soundtrack? <laughs> what did I do to deserve that? Also, you'll never forgive your professor? Poor you. If you're in an intro to film class, you need to watch this fucking movie, okay? And not yeah. complain about it. It's fine if it doesn't connect with you, but Jesus Christ, it is 88 minutes long.
0: Yeah, exactly. One star. One of the most boring and slow movies I've ever seen. Like nothing even happened.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if this is the most boring movie you've seen, like That's I feel really bad for weird. you. That's really yeah. weird. I know.
0: Five stars. This is how I feel sometimes. A younger, more convicted me would posit a grandiose statement on this film along the likes of a memory's truthfulness has no bearing on its reality one's lived reality cannot be cross-examined but nowadays I'll simply say that shit beautiful (laughs) that's how I feel (laughs) great a great review well Well,
1: this was Rashomon yeah it was now we should do this episode three more times but do it slightly different
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: what are we doing next week, Jackie? We're doing a personal print, and therefore, why did you ask
0: me if you were going to answer? It? <laughs> <laughs> I was just
1: setting up the next segment here. um It's a personal print; uh-huh. it's your choice; it's your picking. We have not done a personal print in months. I think it's been September, or October. I think our last personal print was housekeeping, where we had that Christine Lottie on.
0: Crazy. So,
1: for those who don't know what a personal print is, because it's been so long. <laughs> it's just an episode where we do uh, a film off the list it's not on the sight and sound list that um one of us loves or both a movie we grew up with or a formative film just a film that means a lot to us so it's jackie's turn to pick
0: lady's choice
1: and uh so it's a little bit of a surprise do you want to give a little tease a hint or do you want to keep it totally mysterious
0: all i'll say is atm machine nice (laughs) (laughs) people are gonna think it's thing um L'Argent by uh, Brayson. Good movie. I'm just saying it's not. That's
1: my favorite Brayson. Is it really? Yep. I actually really love that movie.
0: It's really good. Yeah.
1: Anyway, hope you come back. Join us for this mysterious personal print next week. If you follow us on social media, we'll be dropping hints to what it is uh, before it comes out. But uh, yeah, hope you come back next week. Until then, I'm Greg. I'm Jackie. We'll see you next time. Bye. Seen and Heard is an official podcast of the Arroyo Film Club, featuring Greg Kleinschmidt and Jacqueline Postagian. Theme music by Andrew Cox. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say hi, email us hello at seenandheardpod.com or visit our website, www.seenandheardpod.com.